Ah! everybody welcome to the podcast i'm ben and i'm mark and this is our continuing coverage of monarch legacy of monsters and this episode we're covering monarch legacy of monsters episode six terrifying miracles i um i think they're still on an uptick yes well it, we, we finally got an uptick after the last two episodes i'd say it, yeah, it, I don't think this episode was. I'm trying to word this properly because I don't want this to come across that I didn't enjoy the episode because I did. I thought this was a great episode. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. I don't think it was as strong as five, but it was not nearly as weak as four. And that's not saying much because that was a <laughs> very low bar. Oh, a yeah. very low bar. Yeah, I, I felt that uh, this particular episode gave us something that we've been lacking, which is the flashbacks and the flash forwards or present day and then and, and previous with the Lee, Keiko and Bill, which we've been missing for pretty much the last two episodes. Yeah, we haven't gotten any back and forth and timeline from, you know, yeah, in episodes four or five. Yeah. So it was nice to see Wyatt's face again. Mm hmm. Uh, you know, come back into the fray. And I will say, uh, we got confirmation of something we have been saying. <laughs> that for a is while. true. <laughs> so, um, overall thoughts on the episode before we dive deeper into it, what were your kind of your very generalized summary of the episode? Uh, generalized summary literally, uh, I'm glad that we did get some revelations of things that. You have discussed and what we were discussing at one point, and that came through as being real, but we don't know the entire truth about mm-hmm. somebody's uh, birth origin. Uh, on top of that, we get more Godzilla in this, not just in the past, but also in the future. Times two. Times Godzilla. two. So of Not God- two Godzillas, just two separate instances. Two separate incidences, Godzilla. and we get to see them in two different uh, timelines. We get more about Monarch and their associations and who they talk to as far as uh, with the military as well as other doctors. And on top of that, more of where the story is going with Lee, Duvall, and Monarch itself and what their goals are or what uh, what their journey is within uh, this episode. Yeah, we, we got some information this episode that kind of furthers, um, further reveals some theories that we had had. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have a couple new elements that kind of add to theories that haven't yet been proven, uh, but haven't yet been unproven either. Mm -hmm. So that's fun. It always adds the questions because I hear certain lines and I'm like, Oh, that could mean something. And then, they leave us hanging with it. <laughs> uh, 
I did notice one or two Easter eggs in this one that I'm very curious if you picked up on. So when we get to them, we'll, we'll question that. Um, and I do have one nitpick of this episode as well. I will say that the second half of this episode was definitely better than the first. Yes. But they were two completely different types of stories. And, you know, the first half of it was more building on the Lee and Keiko relationship. And then the second half was the action part with, you know, the reveal, the two reveals of Godzilla in two different timelines and, and such. So, uh, let's dive deeper into the episode and we'll start our discussion on this. Um, you know, cause the episode kicks off in 1955 at the military ball and we mm -hmm. see Lee and Keiko are there and my mind instantly goes, I'm like, okay, if there's ever been a relationship between Lee and Keiko, it is at this point now <laughs> yeah. that we are going to find out if it exists yep. uh, or if it ever existed. And I love the curveball that they throw in that, like, they're, they're talking about, like, you know, he's saying how great she looks in that dress. And I, I love the line that if like if Bill were there, he wouldn't look nearly as good in that dress. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that gave me a nice chuckle, um, you know, but it leads into this whole thing where like there's a moment where they are about to go upstairs. They are about to go to the hotel. Yes. The hotel room. <laughs> and then Bill sends somebody with a telegram. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm loving it because I'm watching this and I'm like, oh, this is it. This is the moment. Son of a bitch, this is not the moment. Or is there a relationship between these two? Yeah. And because the reveal comes later in the episode that, yes, there was a connection between these yes. two characters. Yeah, there so, is. And yeah. I'm loving that aspect. You could see how different both Keiko and Lee are. He, <clears throat> he definitely is career military and in his views. And they are... Different people, but come together. If mm. you look at them both, uh, she's more from the scientific and they challenge each other. And I think that's how the relationship is. And I think that's what the attraction is because sometimes two different people who are attracted to one another kind of come together at times. It's the, uh, it's the opposites attract theory. Exactly. And yeah, yeah and it just works. But I, I just loved how he, he corrects her even during with the dance her her hand is on his like arm and then he moves it straight up to the shoulder where you're supposed mm -hmm. to and it's a proper and then he does the whole dipping thing with her which but it also is against uh, a lot of what you know the what was it Duckett I think is General Duckett and and his perception and on top of that the rest of the brass that were at the party and how they view Keiko because they're saying Oh, but she's Japanese. And one of them states, well, she's one of the good ones. Well, that's General, and it's Puckett, not Puckett. Puckett. Okay, Puckett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that, yeah, you're right. That's General Puckett that kind of says, oh, she's one of the good ones. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, but it's very interesting you bring up the whole Lee kind of correcting her in where her hand goes, because it's a great indication that of these two characters, they are from two different worlds. Like, even... You're right. She is very Keiko is very scientifically sound. That's that's her background. That's where she is. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Lee is military. He is, you know, he's all business when it comes to that. 
so she is bringing him into her world into the science so much so that he goes against military orders to go to Japan, you know, to be with her. Um, I think it's more to make sure she's okay. Cause they're going to be a, trying to tease a Titan. Um, but at the same time at that dance, you know, at the same time at that dance, he has to move her hand because she's never been in that world before she's never no. been to fancy dances through the military or she's never been to a ball before because she's very scholarly. She's always been more about learning and the knowledge than going out and socializing. So it's, it's a cool little moment yeah. that you could see like they are bringing each other into each other's worlds. They're pulling each other uh, into, into their environments. Exactly, which leads to a, a quote that Lee states. He goes, did you ever hear the expression to a hammer, the whole world is a nail? And then Keiko retorts saying, well, this, and then he says, yes. And then he goes, well, this is a hardware store. <laughs> but Keiko yeah. responds stating, in my country, we have an expression, when the nail sticks up, you hammer it down. Mm -hmm. Which yeah, is I mean, it, uh, you know, very much... And uh, resonance of her culture and what she grew up on. And also that was also uh, uh, a jab pretty much about how, because back then it was 1950, it's 1955 at, and this is the uh, American defense industry federation, 1955 summer ball. And it's called bully high. And it was in Washington, DC during that time. If you think about it, uh, you know, because of the issues with World War II, Nagasaki, and Hiroshima, yeah, there's that feeling about uh, people towards uh, Japanese, Americans towards Japanese, especially military. So she feels like she's like sticking out in the world of the military at well, that point, and he's yeah, there I mean, and, embracing her. And not only that, you know, you're talking about this is still relatively recent after Pearl Harbor. Um, Correct. You know, which was 1941. So, you know, you're still maybe only 14 years out, which is still a very touchy time when it comes to that. So that's why, you know, she gets the whole remark of like, oh, Moro, that's a Moraro, whatever her last name is. Um, you know, that's Japanese, isn't it? And that's when Puckett's like, oh, she's one of the good ones. Like they still have yeah. to defend that. Yeah. Because that stigma still sticks. It's still there. And oddly enough, even after all these years, too, even in America now, some people still feel that way, which is sucky. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, st yeah. Yeah, we still get that now, even today. Yeah. Uh, there's so. one, too. One other thing about their relationship which makes me laugh, too. Uh, it, it's the conversation that they have about... Um, they talk about white picket fences, dances, kids, and everything else that comes with that, with having a family. And obviously we could see how intimate that they are during that conversation. But Lee states his favorite thing about kids is making them. Which of course still stems, it is. I mean. <laughs> but stems to my theory and your theory that Hiroshi is their kid. Well, I mean, so, yeah, not, not even to that, too. But, like, so... In that moment when we're watching that and Lee says, do you know what the other great thing about kids is? 
in the back of my mind, I'm like, he's going to say making them. He's going to say making them. He's going to say making them. <laughs> and the next words out of her mouth is making them. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. I called that one. Um, but that's what leads to the moment <laughs> of they were going to take this up to the hotel room. Um, you know, but yeah, yeah I'm still calling. I'm, I'm still sticking to the theory that Hiroshi is the child of Kay and Lee. I don't think same here. This is Bill's yeah. heritage. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't think Bill this is Bill's heritage at all. Brought him up. I, I think Bill was there in the bringing up and the name Miranda is from him, but I still think, yeah, it's Lee's kid. You know, it, it, Lee is his, uh, his biological father. In my opinion. Well, and I mean, Bill brought them up probably because he always believed they Hiroshi was his kid. Probably. You know? <laughs> we we don't get yeah. to that point. I don't think uh, I, from what I could tell from this, episode, because we do get something from Bill at the very end. And uh, it, it's regarding Suzuki and it's a good quote, but I'll just throw it in there. Because uh, uh, this is uh, Bill to Suzuki after Bill arrives and sees Keiko's reaction to see Lee's presence in Suzuki, uh, Suzuki's uh, excitement and telling Lee about the Gamma Simulator, which we'll get to. Uh, he goes, hey, Zook, uh, it's not just, you know, the only thing worse than being a third wheel, being a fourth. Let's walk. <laughs> but so in that moment, had, did you listen to Suzuki as he's talking as they're walking away? A little bit, but I didn't get much out of the dialogue. <laughs> it's, it's I'm paraphrasing it because I didn't get the dialogue exactly. But he starts saying he starts saying to Bill, he's like, well, wait a minute. He's like the a fourth wheel like that adds stability. That's why cars have four wheels. <laughs> like so he's trying to defend it as he's as Bill is leading him away. Oh, um, so. So I have a question about that moment because I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's sure. one of the things I wanted to bring up. And so he says to, you know, he, he says to Suzuki, like, that, you know, it's worse than a third wheel is a fourth wheel, meaning mm -hmm. he considers himself the third wheel between Kay and Bill. So, exactly. So my question is, or, or my, or I'm thinking now, Maybe Bill and Keiko are not together yet at this point. Is there a relationship between them? Because why would he consider them? Why would he consider himself a third wheel? Mm. Unless there was no relationship between them yet. And we're just assuming there was because when we see them again in, I wrote it down. When we see them again in 1959, they're married. Yes. So I think we were we were just assuming they're together at this point. Correct. But I don't know if they are. I don't, I don't think know if Bill are. and Keiko are together yet. No, because there's a reaction with Bill at, at some point when they get back from the island. And. Oh, oh no, no, it's before they get it's after the ball and they. And then Bill and Keiko have to go to the island because they want to meet up with Suzuki. And then Lee's like, no, I need you guys here. And and then he goes, well, I don't want to leave you unattended. And But 
build, you kind of see this and it's kind of like a casual thing, but you see the reaction on Bill's face and regarding how Lee is to Keiko and he knows mm-hmm. something's up. So he well, knows the, something is there. Well, not only that, but when they finally kiss on screen, they're Correct. not hiding it. They are no. out in the open where like where Bill could see them, where Suzuki could see them. They're not hiding it. So that just leads me to believe more that Kay and Bill are not together yet at this point. That is no, something they are not. That is something that is going to come later, and it's probably going to come fast because we haven't seen what's yet to come of Lee and Keiko, but we know we only have four years to get from now to the point where Bill and Keiko are married. And I believe have a kid. Mm-hmm. Hiroshi's in I the picture just, as a little child. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, so there's nine months there, but I also, again, believe that that kid is not Bill's. So, <laughs> There's going to be a little bit of crossover between Lee and Bill. Correct. You know, I'm looking maybe, forward to seeing what what comes of it myself. Yeah, where you know, where maybe like Lee and Keiko are like on again, off again. They're like Sam and Diane from Cheers, and then <laughs> and at this point, Bill is the Fraser Crane, and and then you know, at some point. You know, Kay and Bill are going to get together, but Kay and Lee are going to have like a one night of passion, you know, because the feelings are still there while she's still with Bill. And that's what's going to lead to Hiroshi, you know, being, you know, it's going to be the reason why Hiroshi is actually Lee's son, but Bill believes that Hiroshi is his son. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's a love triangle. It's a love triangle. You know what? It it actually reminds me of Doctor Who, with uh, Matt Smith's Doctor and Amy Pond and Rory. So, so what you're telling me by that is that Kate is actually Lee's (laughs) mother-in-law. That's how it happens in Doctor Who. Amy no, just the relationship the, in, in general, because it's how how, uh, how Amy was always into the Doctor, but yet she still had Rory. Oh, <laughs> oh wow! I went the complete River Song route, which yeah, was you went the whole complete opposite. So if we lost you folks and you're not yeah, Hoovians, don't worry. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, sorry. If you're not Hoovians, you are totally lost in that conversation. Um. So, yeah, so there's definitely a lot more thrown into this episode that kind of reveals more to the relationship of, of Lee, Keiko, and the dynamic of Lee, Keiko, and Bill together. Yeah. So, which was which was interesting and plays into our theory. We've been theorizing it since episode one that there was <laughs> something between Lee and Keiko, and we finally, of all the theories we have so far, we at least got confirmation on one so far. Yes. One. And it's that one. <laughs> one. We're going for one. Um, so, yeah. So, we finally got confirmation on at least one of our theories so far in this one. Yeah. So, um, where do we want to go next? I'll I'll leave it to you. Where? What direction do you want to go? Well, uh, l- 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 let's talk about Suzuki and the, the island of where they go. 
Monster um, Island. The island. He calls it Monster Island. So that is a, a callback and an Easter egg to something from Toho. Uh, it's not something that they uh, usually mention. I'm trying to find it in my notes of what the actual island is called. Oh, it's a Hataruma Island, and, and it was in 1955. So we get uh, Suzuki, who has created what, uh, you know, uh, apparently he wants to reach out and touch somebody, which would be a Titan with a it's Gamma the titan simulator. Phone. The Titan phone, yeah. as a lot of it's people have been saying, phone. apparently online, uh, apparently. But... Uh, yeah, he welcomes them to Monster Island, which is awesome. Uh, he uh, he basically concurs to the point that the documents are inaccurate, and Suzuki prefers to state that they are complete, which is so funny because it's all the statistics and data that they come. But because uh, if the data is accurate, then the physics are wrong. So that also alludes to Hollow Earth. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Because I have written in my notes in big, bold letters, physics are wrong. Correct. I'm Go, fa- go ahead and finish your thought, because I'm going to come back to that. Yeah, well, well, basically, my thought was literally just to explain to everybody who didn't really get it. It's a communication device. He wants to reach out and touch a Titan and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, and I just love how Bill goes, so uh, you made Titan bait? Literally. Yeah. Accurately. Yeah. And uh, we do see the result of that, which I did enjoy because uh, it's the first time we get to see Godzilla in 1955 and leave and goes, he survived, meaning he survived the blast of that nuclear explosion that they had at the the Bikini Atoll back. Well, and that was only a year before. And that, well, no, I think it was 53, wasn't it? Or was it 52? You might be right. I think it was 52. If I'm wrong, people correct us. (laughs) It does. If you're wrong, it doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) Correct. Or, or send us feedback to correct us because we need feedback. There you go. (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we're, it's the first reveal to Bill and to, you know, to Lee and to Keiko that Godzilla survived. This is, you know, the, the, the bomb that they use to, to, try and kill him didn't work at all uh he couldn't be pretty much just fed on it and then went dormant it's kind of like at thanksgiving when you eat all that turkey and then pass out on the couch like that's pretty much the what happened with uh with godzilla at that point he fed on that radiation and then went to sleep it was like nothing it's a blast in the face i'm gonna go to bed (laughs) <laughs> yeah. But it does it it does bring up legitimate fears from Keiko that she talks about when it comes to the military in that like if you tell them that that bomb didn't work they're just going to build a bigger one and if that doesn't work they'll build a bigger one. And yeah. then the bigger problem comes in is like if it works on Godzilla or if it doesn't work on Godzilla again, who else are they going to use it on? It's a legitimate Correct. fear. It is. It is. It's literally, well, they would obliterate all of humankind. And that's all that's left on the, on the earth would be Titans at that point. It breeds, it breeds power. And I think that actually goes to a lot of what Lee is getting at a little bit later on towards the end of this episode, when he says like, when he finally reveals, like, I'm not trying to stop him. I'm trying to help him. Um, 
you know, I think a lot of it is they want to protect Godzilla because if the military gets involved, it's going to cost innocent lives. Correct. Well, it's bad enough that the Titans themselves do cause the same issues. And this is something I I brought up a couple of times when we podcasted about this. Anytime there's a Titan event, even whether it be Godzilla or any other Titan or both combined, if you look at the destruction that's in there, there are people that are dying within that. Uh, I, well, just, yeah, re- I, mean, we- I just recently yeah. rewatched Kong uh, versus uh, Godzilla versus Kong. I watched uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters. They actually, uh, uh, Vera Farmiga, who is in the King of the Monsters, states it and how the destruction brings even death amongst people. But what she was trying to do in that particular movie was, you know, trying to uh, not destroy all of humanity, but uh, kind of like a Thanos attitude. (laughs) And, And, you know, just so that way the Titans could you know, progress and persevere. And then with what they do continues to grow, but that's too far in the future, unfortunately. Um, yeah, but the, uh, it's just that they do the, the Titans themselves pose a, a threat just to humanity as far as physically and societal as compared to even the governments. Uh, and you know, we're all self-destructive, I believe. You know, all the uh, if you look at all the different countries in this world and how we're at war and things of that nature, we're still destructive. So we're just as a threat to ourselves as even these Titans. And I think that's what Lee was trying to do. He was trying to help uh, Godzilla because he wants because uh, the, the lore of Godzilla in Legendary is that they're saviors there to uh, create a balance amongst uh, on on the earth mm-hmm. of like bad and good and things of that nature. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting dynamic and it kind of plays as a double-edged sword. It's because if you leave the titans alone, then eventually they fight each other and that causes destruction and the loss of lives. But Correct. if you fight the titans and try to stop them, that also causes destruction and loss of lives. It's it's a double-edged sword. No matter how you look at it, there are innocent yeah. lives lost. Look at San Francisco. San Francisco is a ghost. It's a ghost city. It is in it is in ruins. We've seen because it. <laughs> they because they let these monsters fight. Mm-hmm. So now, of course, yes, there is a fear that we have to stop these titans before it ever comes to this again. Uh you know, but if you if you're the U.S. military and you throw everything you have at a Titan and you can't stop it, what's the only thing that can stop a Titan? Another Titan. Mm-hmm. So that's why Godzilla is the chosen protector. You know, Correct. they're trying to help him. They want to keep him around because they need him. Mm. He is you're the damned one if that you brings- do and damned if you don't. <laughs> He is the Luke Skywalker of the Titans in that he brings balance to the force. <laughs> oh my goodness. Am I, am I wrong? Am I wrong? No, you're right. You're correct. Uh, you're correct. Well, at least he's not Vader. He's not Anakin. <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, and his fire breath is his saber. Like let's, let's be real. Godzilla is the Luke Skywalker of the MonsterVerse. <laughs> That's a great analogy, but. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> so, all right. So before we go, 
even more off the rails that we've already done. <laughs> um, I want to go back to that line that I mentioned. The physics are wrong. Mm-hmm. This 100% plays into my theory that there is some place on or in this planet that slows down time. Mm. This is the reason this line plays into the reason why Lee Shaw looks as good as he does <laughs> at 90 plus years old. It is because Correct. there is somewhere where time works differently. It goes against the laws of physics. Physics are wrong. That totally plays into my theory that time slows down or stops somewhere with most likely within the earth and i'm sticking to that theory yeah i not watched ahead i'm sticking to that theory it makes me think of i'm about to watch ahead though i'm not gonna lie (laughs) uh it makes me think of oh it was hg wells is it hg wells probably journey to the center of the earth correct because you got a lot of animals there that were uh, extinct. You know, you had dinosaurs, everything. And within that time standstill, just as you state. So it makes yeah. me think this is Legendary's I- idea of uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Uh, well, I mean, think think about the – even if you think about physics – actually being correct if you think about this if you think about how if you were to be on a planet and i i apologize to anybody if i get confusing with this when i think about talk about science if you think about the fact that like if you were on a planet how the planet takes like a further out planet how it takes even longer to go around the sun it's because it's a different time period so if you were to go out it's even if you look at movies like interstellar where if they traveled to a certain distance for that person, it would only be a matter of days. But when they return, it's been a number of years for Correct. Yeah. the people that they left behind. The further into the earth that you go, you are not rotating as much or as quickly. You are moving slower. Time, in essence, could be doing the same exact thing. Hmm. So the further you go into the earth, or the hollow earth, which we know exists thanks to Godzilla versus Kong. Mm-hmm. Time slows down because as does the rotation. Believe me, this makes sense in my head. Um, <laughs> the further into the earth that you go, the slower time is going to get. And I think that is, I think we're building to eventually. We're because again, how long have these monsters been around? They've been around for decades. Thousands and they're not of years, always, according. And they're yeah. not always on the su- surface of the earth. How do they survive nope. as long as they do? Because mm-hmm. they go places to be dormant in places where time slows down. So they survive longer than anybody else. And well, hmm. go ahead. No, no, I just had a really oh. weird question. It all has to do with science, but thinking about it, how does gravity work? Do you think the the gravity is lighter towards the center of the Earth than it is well, on the surface? Well, we know it works weird if you go back to Godzilla versus Kong, because remember, there are 
there are kind of two, we know gravity works differently because when you are on the surface down in the hollow earth, there is a surface above and a surface below. Correct. You can look up and see another surface that you Mm -hmm. can walk on. Yeah. Because gravity works differently in the hollow earth. Yeah. So I think, again, it's kind of the similar thing to how, like, you know, if you approach a black hole, even time tends to be sucked into time itself can be sucked into a black hole because of that, because of the, the gravity in a black hole. So the center of the earth could be the same exact thing. Gravity works (laughs) differently as does time. All right. That's what I was thinking. I'm thinking mainly for the fact of, uh, and this stems from Godzilla versus Kong, when we see Kong in the hollow earth and how he's able to jump from massively from place to place. Mm hmm. And it's just amazing from something. Now, mind you, he's able to still do that to some degree on the regular surface when he battles Godzilla. In this, but city. it is much easier for him to do it in the Hollow Earth. Correct. Yeah, because he's lighter. He's far lighter, which yes. makes me think uh, they they should have changed a few things about with the humans down there as well. But <laughs> I agree with you. But that also adds credence into the theory that Keiko survived because yes. if that hole that she fell into goes down to the hollow earth, then her descent, her fall would be should slowed. not be. Yeah, exactly. She wouldn't it would hit be, it. it. Exactly. Her descent would slow down as she approaches the bottom. Correct. Giving her the ability to survive. Yep. So. Apologies to anybody out there who we might have made their brains bleed by talking science, especially <laughs> coming from two podcasters who are not scientists. Nope. Uh, far from it. <laughs> I I follow Neil deGrasse Tyson. That is my that is my credence. Um, that, that is my education. I am a big fan of science. I love a lot of scientific stuff. So yeah. apologies. And if we're wrong, if you're listening and we're wrong about something, please send us feedback and let us know. Exactly. <laughs> and I will defend my theory as hard as possible. Um, so, all right. So let's talk about, let's see, looking at my notes, I mentioned that. All right. So I'm going to go into my nitpick go ahead. of the episode. My net, my nitpick of the episode comes from Kate. Okay. Uh, and it's one particular moment. We have oh, seen I think I know it. up. <laughs> We have seen up until this point mm-hmm. the PTSD that she has suffered yep. from experiencing the attack in San Francisco. Yep. And yet, and yet, when Godzilla wakes up after they had been walking on him and didn't realize they were walking on him yeah. and looks in his eye. And sees him come up out of the ground and they're running even before they're running. Mm-hmm. And she sees him. Yes. She is oddly calm. Correct. That's 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 the only nitpick that I had to regarding this. Uh, because the way she gets up, uh, it's like even Lee says it. She goes. She goes, he saw me. And then Lee agrees. Yeah, he looked directly at you. Or <laughs> yeah. response. Which, I'm like, okay. Uh, I can 
I can kind of get maybe what they were trying to achieve with that moment in that, like, this is a, <laughs> a connection between the two of them that like, this is a moment in which Kate is looking Godzilla in the eye. And maybe she sees in that moment that he is not as dangerous. I mean, he yeah. is, he's a freaking Titan. He's absolutely, whether he's a guardian or not, he is absolutely dangerous, but maybe she sees in that moment that he is not the monster that she thinks he is. And like, that's why she's calm about it. Um, but it's kind of difficult for him to not see you when you are, when his eye is three times bigger than you <laughs> and it's right in front of you. Like, it's kind of hard for him not to see you. Yeah, so, I, I I started looking at that, and when they did that, I was like, the first thing, because I just, I rewatched Godzilla 2014, I watched Godzilla King of the Monsters, and I rewatched Godzilla versus Kong, and the first thing I thought, I was like, please tell me they're not doing another person that connects with a Titan, like with GF from uh, Godzilla <laughs> versus Kong, and the, the little mute girl orphan girl that knows sign language can communicate with Kong. We're going to get what Kate being like some sort of like have this connection with Godzilla now. Well, I mean, the, the little girl in Kong skull in Godzilla versus Kong who knew sign language, like that's, that's understandable because God Kong is an ape. He is a primate, even though he's a titan, he is still a primate, and mm -hmm. primates do understand human language and sign language. So that makes sense. Godzilla is a freaking lizard. Exactly. Like it's there's <laughs> no I mean there's no connection long, there other than I destroyed your city and your friends I, and your family. <laughs> I mean, again, I think when you look at Godzilla 2014, yes, Godzilla was there to protect the city he was there fighting the titan or fighting the motus um mm -hmm. you know that was what he was doing but again while he was fighting the motus he had no regard for the damage he was causing doing it because oh yeah he's not he's not conscious of that no he just sees creatures that need to be stopped doesn't matter the destruction that's cut that's in the way he stops them oh yeah um He's not conscious to protect people along the way. He he doesn't see that. Um, he is a monster, and I, I don't. If they're trying to, if if in this moment of Kate being calm, they're trying to build some kind of connection between Kate and Godzilla. I don't want to see it. Um, I prefer Godzilla being the monster that he is. That's the Godzilla that we know. Yeah. The. Um, uh the un well unknowledgeable savior of the earth as i like to call it yeah i, I don't I, I know this is going to sound bad but don't humanize him exactly i'm not i'm far from doing that at all yeah don't don't humanize godzilla these like he is a guardian he is a protector but he yeah. like you said he is the un, unknowing and unwilling protector he is or unknowing protector not unwilling um again he protects by doing what he's instinctively knows to do. And that is to stop. That is to fight. He's not about, he's not going to reach out his hand and catch people from falling like <laughs> Kong does. That's not Godzilla. So 
I hope that's not, and I don't think that's what they're going at because if it was, we would have seen that in Godzilla King of the Monsters or we would have seen it in Godzilla versus Kong. Correct. Yeah. You know, Godzilla versus Kong came about because that's what Kong instinctively was meant to do. He saw another Titan and his instinct was to stop it. That's why they fought. Yeah. It wasn't until the end of the fight that we, that there was a mutual respect between the two of them, you know, but the first instinct was to fight. Yeah. They weren't having a conversation over coffee about what their intentions were. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm a little confused about what they did with Kate in this moment. If it was meant to be a connection between the two, don't do it. Don't just yeah, stop it. Stop that's it right a bad there. idea. In my opinion, uh, it to um, me, it, it, I would have been like, well, maybe it's her overcoming her fear and they could just leave it at that. I've seen it face to face after, let's say, a year. And um, OK, <laughs> but then, hey. of course, she goes the opposite position because of how uh, Lee says he wants to protect a Godzilla at this point. Yeah, he goes on the opposite end. After that. She calls him crazy for wanting to protect him, Correct. Like for wanting to help him. It's like, OK, well, you just kind of totally undermined that whole moment of her staring Godzilla in the eye. Mm -hmm. If that moment was to stare him in the eye to overcome her fear. OK, then why are you still calling Lee crazy for wanting to help him? Yeah. Like if, if you're not afraid of Godzilla anymore, why would you not want to go with Lee? Because you've overcome your fear. If you're not going with him and you're calling him crazy, you're definitely still afraid of him. So uh, what were they trying to achieve in that moment? Unless it was just a horrible miss moment in which, oh, crap, we forgot about Kate's PTSD. Yeah, or a bad writing moment from the writers at that point. That's what they mean. Like, oh, yeah. the writers completely forgot about her PTSD in that moment. Correct. <laughs> Uh, because if nothing else, it would have added to it the fact that they were rolling down Godzilla's back, um, you know, trying to survive as AT ATVs were coming flying flipping over them. them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know what they were trying to convey in that moment. But again, it's it's the only nitpick I really have of the episode. Uh, let's talk about the uh, that actual incident, too. Now, it kind of falls back to the Hataruma Island because they get to that moment. They, you see, they see Hiroshi there with a pickup with the same gamma simulator in the, the back of his phone. truck, the Titan phone. <laughs> As he's, you call he's got an upgraded model of a Titan phone and they're waving him. And that's what really spawns through it. Uh, he's trying to like protect him, chewing them away. They're like, Hey, you're alive. He's like, go away. <laughs> and then, uh, or get out of the way. Cause they're in the blast area as it were, because Godzilla does come out from the ground. And this is a nod to, the 1964 Godzilla versus the thing or Mothra where he does come out of the ground. So that's a nod to a, a Toho film back in the day where he comes so, out real quick, real quick. Did Godzilla come out of the ground or was he just sleeping dormantly there and covered? I think he was sleeping there dormantly covering uh, just that's like in the 64 Mothra. 
that's yeah. how I took it too. In that he was basically he. This was sometime after the Godzilla or after the fight with the Motus in San Francisco. He found this nice little place to lay down. To bed. He lays down. <laughs> yeah, he he <laughs> lays down, and just the earth kind of just covers him. Mm-hmm. You know, in over the course of the year or so that this has happened. Um, yep. And he, or he maybe just burrowed a little bit under the ground. Correct. I, I, I don't, he's not like hollow earth depth. He's maybe a couple yards under the ground. Yeah, I believe so too. Yeah. That's how I felt he's about He's close it. to the surface. Yeah, but the way he comes out, very much similar to that that moment we see in Godzilla versus Mothra back in 64, which mm. is pretty cool. And the fact is that we see the same thing happen that uh, because the gamma simulator winds up being used from the pickup and it does do a call and just like at uh island it wakes him up or brings him to that moment even uh, if like as suzuki says uh, at monster island saying it he doesn't cause any destruction he literally just wakes up and comes to that location of wherever that simulator is and that's it it's literally like a, a like here uh i'm making a a call come to it that's it well but i mean and that's the thing too is like when you you know because the gamma simulator is supposed to be like these guys feed on radiation so this is creating a false radiation reading because that's what these guys feed on yes. so but now the question is you know now the issue is now that godzilla's awake and you weren't feeding him where is he going he's now going to look for food mm-hmm He's going to look and he what he feeds on is radiation. He doesn't feed on people like a dragon like he he feeds on radiation. So now where is he going to go? That's a good question. You know, so, yeah, because we know Godzilla is awake. Yeah. Where's he going? Um, but, yeah, you're right. We see, you know, we see um, uh, Hiroshi drive off, which I assumed and Kate kind of mentions it as well. I assumed was a a move to protect um, Kentaro and Kate. Yes, all of them, I think. Even Lee, because Lee was with them. He was probably driving to draw Godzilla away absolutely. with the yeah. simulator. Just to yeah, get absolutely. draw his attention and drive further at, down so that way Godzilla follows his way. Unfortunately, it would be past to some sort of civilization, probably. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I also something. think... Well, well, and that's the thing too. I think he, I think Hiroshi led them away from where civilization was. I'm hoping so too. Yeah, you know, because Lee tell. Well, I think we would have already seen the devastation. Yeah, Godzilla would have gotten there first. Oh yeah. <laughs> when the episode ended and it kind of like panned out, and we saw that city in the background, which is mm-hmm. where Kate. Contaro yeah, you don't see any destruction to. or anything. There's yeah. no destruction. I think. Can I think Hiroshi led Godzilla away from all of that so he wasn't just protecting kate and kentaro mm-hmm. and and lee he was protecting the civilization that was literally like 10 clicks away yeah uh, and that was also a great thing too about the episode is that we do see hiroshi alive he's there we, we, we confirmation finally, he's alive we got yeah. confirmation he's alive and he's doing what exactly what lee was uh talking about he was following the patterns and everything of the, these titans but now there's kind of been a wrench thrown into it because, well, I mean, that's the other thing, too, is that if Hiroshi was meant to wake Godzilla, 
or whatever Titan was there. I don't even know if he knew it was Godzilla. He just knew there was some kind of signature that could have been a Titan. Um, you know, what was, what was the intent of waking him up? Okay. You woke, you found him and you woke him. Now what? You know, what was Hiroshi's plan? Was it always to lead him away? Like, I, I don't know. Hopefully we're going to find out more about that soon. Oh, I, I think, uh, the idea of the Titan phone through Monarch and for the government, uh, you know, because they are in control of Monarch, is to utilize the Titans almost as weapons. Well, yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. I think that's if they can't stop them, they'll use them. That's a given in that. Yeah. For the fact that it's like, all right, well, we have this. We could uh, attract them and use them to our own advantage for obviously more destruction amongst our own. <laughs> yeah, our own uh, humanity, I, I, I should say. Uh, we, I will say though, you know, of all the characters that we've met so far, we find out just how smart Tim really is. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, the he was extremely smart with the fact that, that there is no map on the wall, but he sees the pinholes and is able to factor in and figure out. And then that, that a whole conversation with Verduga about what Hiroshi was using the satellites for. She goes, well, they were meant to go look out to the skies for other things for cosmic reasons uh this is something that i i had notated myself about because it just gives me vibes because even with uh godzilla king of the monsters uh Ghidorah, who we know or monster zero is not considered to be earth-based still so uh, it says uh, that the the satellites that Hiroshi was uh, like hijacking and pointing towards the Earth to get all this data and gamma information was meant particularly for the skies and the stars for whatever they have uh, for cosmic purposes. And uh, that's what they were meant initially for. But the fact that Tim is able to uh, see the pinholes in the board and know and point them out and then he draws his own map of the world over it to show that these are events of gamma situated areas and i thought that was pretty cool and he's extremely intelligent and i, he I is, think he mostly underused in monarch <laughs> oh he he is so deserving of being more than just stuck in the basement at monarch and i think he's oh, yeah. proving that rather well and i'm going to tell you right now he Lee said that, you know, he checked the crash and there were no survivors. Oh, Lee, Tim survived. Oh, yes. He's got to. <laughs> it, I mean, it's it's the whole trope of if it happened, if it didn't happen on screen, it didn't happen. <laughs> if, if I didn't see it, it didn't happen. <laughs> We've been claiming Keiko is still alive for the same exact reason. Like we didn't see yeah. her hit the ground. Therefore, technically, she's probably still alive. It's the same thing with Tim. We didn't see Tim crash. <laughs> although uh we did see lee come back from the crash with a gun in his hand that is true he walked back and told them about the crash and there were no survivors and he was carrying a pistol when he came back so i'm almost wondering if lee killed the soldiers and let tim live because he's well, not uh, a soldier yeah, yeah. 
That's true. You know, yeah. Uh, soldiers don't kill innocent people. So, and Lee is a soldier. That's who he was. So, I think Lee might have gone to the crash and finished off who didn't survive and let Tim live. That's my <laughs> that's my theory. Okay, I have a lot of theories with the show. <laughs> we all know <laughs> a lot of theories with the show. In fact, I have another theory about the show too, and oh, yeah. I'm wondering. I think Michelle Duvall is a double agent. I well, think she is that helping, since day one. <laughs> I think she is helping Lee and we're all to believe that she's against Monarch, but she is still really with Monarch. That is I, that is my ongoing theory. However, I will say this. Good. I do think Michelle Duvall is connected to Godzilla 2014. Oh, she definitely is because she talks about it to Lee. Uh, I she had talks it about down. her sister, her sister. Yep. Her sister, Sandra, who is most likely the scientist that died. Bill Cranston's uh, Brian Cranston's wife in Godzilla 2014. Yeah, I, I could, I can put that connection together. Yeah. I could see because, that connection there because Sandra, because I looked at it, Sandra Brody, which was again, Brian Cranston's wife in Godzilla 2014, who dies in the beginning of the movie because of the, the meltdown at the nuclear power plant um, yeah. in Japan. Mm-hmm. She was also French just yes. like Michelle Duval. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I see. I, I, as soon as you said that, I knew where you were going because yeah. I remembered I she was French. I would not, I would I hide I would I would not be surprised if that is the case and Michelle Duval is the sister of Sandra from Godzilla 2014. I believe it. So, but again, I also think that she might be a double agent. Well, here here's a good question too regarding this show. Did we get a, okay. a season 2 announcement? No, not yet. Okay. Um and just the fact that you said that makes me believe, because I know you've watched till the end, that we probably end on a cliffhanger and I'm going to hate it. Hmm. Don't tell me if I'm right. <laughs> no. Did, have, wrong. did you watch episodes nine and ten? No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, okay. So so you don't know. Okay. I, I asked you for them. I have them in reserve, but I haven't watched them yet. <laughs> okay. Because I know... That you you did watch up to um, eight. Wait, a, hold on. That's oh Jesus, that's the wrong monarch. <laughs> I saw an article. I was looking it up, and it says, uh, "Will there be a season two of Monarch?" And it says, "Monarch season two gets scrapped." And I'm like, "How has that happened?" And it says, oh, yeah, "Monarch it's another which, show." <laughs> it would start Trace Adkins, Susan Sarandon. I'm like, that is not the same Monarch. <laughs> I know. I saw that, that too is a recently. Totally different monarch. Um, that was a Fox show. Uh, yeah, there's no announcement yet as to whether or not yeah. there's going to be a season two of uh, of Monarch Legacy of Monsters. I, I'm hoping there is because I'm I'm digging it so far. I'm I'm into it. Um, yeah. I only have one other thing that really there is to talk about in this episode, and that's May. Oh yeah, you know she Is came it the clean. Conversation by the at the very end. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know she talks about the fact that she was hiding in Japan. 
changed her identity because, you know, she had a lot of money that people were after, you know, she got a lot of money that people were after and she didn't want to use it because that would make it easier for her to track. But now she doesn't care. She comes clean to Kay and Kentaro that she was the mole. She was the one that she's the reason Monarch knows where they are, which also leads me to believe why Duval is the double agent, because that's who yep. they called. Mm hmm. You know, exactly. Um, you know, there we're we're led to believe that Tim is the reason they found where they were at, which he probably contributed to that. But I think Duvall had something to do with it too. I think so. so. I think you're correct. You know, the the mystery of K of May or of May deepens in that we now know. Yes, she is hiding. She is hiding from someone. We don't know who that someone is, but. Um, you know, her mystery deepens and the next episode is titled, will the real may please stand up? So we're going <laughs> to find out soon. Correct. As in the, the next episode, we're going to find out. So I don't know if you have anything else for, uh, for this episode. Uh, the, <laughs> Uh, the more uh, I think about what we were talking about, we keep talking about Hollow Earth. Uh, I liked how Tim states that the points on the map are pretty much like subway lines. Yeah. So that right there is like a, a kind of a clue to Hollow Earth in the sense that the, the Titans are going down underground and coming up and Godzilla is able to pop up at any given moment. Uh, they also factor in certain points of where there is gamma points. So that you got Central Asia, Cambodia, and Algeria, which we do see them at, at at some point at the very end. Well well not only that, but look at what we saw in Alaska as they were flying away. They saw a hole in the earth that was glowing. Correct. Yeah. That was a subway stop. <laughs> so they gotta that look for a, the markers. <laughs> yeah. That was a hollow earth subway stop. Yeah. So that would that was a pathway to the hollow earth. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons why Lee looked as surprised as he did, because he's probably seen it before. Yes. I would Because they haven't so. addressed it since they they haven't addressed it since we saw it. No, they haven't. We haven't uh yeah. Yeah, they haven't discussed it, said anything about it. All we got is the look on Lee's face at that point. Older Lee. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, anything else before we go into, uh, to feedback and, and start to wrap things up? Uh, the only thing I have left would be a few quotes. Yeah, go for it. Uh, <laughs> this would be Bill about Suzuki when, uh, Suzuki talks about, uh, he goes, welcome to monster Island. And he goes, well, someone should have a talk to the board of tourism. <laughs> oh, I didn't <laughs> even hear that line. <laughs> I didn't even hear that line. Uh, oh, and then uh, one from Lee to Kate. And the reason why she's smiling. And when Kate asks what he's smiling about, he goes, I put a, on a lot of miles with you Randa girls. <laughs> and that was in the Jeep in, in Algeria. Well, and I, it's because I also think too that he, uh, I, I'm wondering if he knows that's his granddaughter. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm st I'm starting to think that more and more. 
I'm looking for, uh, I'm looking at the transcript of the episode since we're talking about quotes. I want to see if I can find exactly what Suzuki says during that third wheel, fourth wheel. Oh like, yeah, look it up. I'm 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 curious too about it. <laughs> um, because I'm I there's he says like this all this stuff as they're walking away, and it's it's so like it made me chuckle because I I knew that's what it was. Um, let's see, hold on. Uh, oh wow, nope. I think we're oh oh yeah. So. Uh, it's it's right here. He says, "You know, the only thing that's worse that's uh, worse than being a third wheel, being a fourth wheel. Let's walk." And then, as they're walking away, Suzuki says, "But four wheels are intrinsically uh, stable. That's why a car has four wheels. Cars, and then it fades out." So he's <laughs> defending the fourth wheel, <laughs> being the fourth wheel, being like, "Oh, I add stability." <laughs> he's, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. It is true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so when I all right track. any other quotes that was it for quotes that was it yep. all right so then that's going to take us into feedback in which we only have one this week we have a voicemail from sam from boston uh nothing from steve this week uh but that's huh. all right he might have just it is the holidays he could have just gotten you know caught up in the hustle and bustle of things uh but yeah, we do have a voicemail from Sam from Boston, so let's play that now. Hi guys, it's Sam from Boston. Thank you so much for the information from the last episode. That helped me. I did not realize that her partners have probably died. Oh, poor Kate and her survivor's guilt. I I think the show, for me at least, it's struggling what I see with a lot of U.S. shows trying to do smaller seasons, and it's the pacing. Because the U.S. writers are used to like these 20, 22 episode shows and they're trying to replicate what's been going on in Europe. I mean, UK miniseries are very short, but they're very compact. Like they're, they're very much in it. Everything's in there. And I see this in other shows, too, of like the U.S. writers just haven't figured out the proper pacing for this. There's way too much filler going on. There's some really great scenes and excellent writing. It's just, it's pulling, at least me, it's pulling me out of it. And I've seen this in other shows that are trying to do these short, compact seasons. And it's it's just, it's not working for me. We have four more episodes left, which I'm hoping this will start to pick up again more. And there's some great scenes, again, with Godzilla. What happens to the humans if you're standing on Godzilla's bed? Like, this is what happens. I, I, I think they took a storyline that is probably supposed to be six episodes and they stretched it out to 10. And for me, it's pulling me out of the story. Um, I, 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 I'm a little concerned that the writers are not as creative as the fans are. And it's sort of like this last season of game of Thrones kind of thing. Like your theories guys are amazing. I would love to watch that. I want to see them find Keiko in middle earth. I want to like, I am a little concerned that the main storyline for this season is we're going to see the creation of Monarch and how the love triangle or thruple or whatever is going on ended up interfering with the goodwill of what it should have been. And the military took over. And that's how we get the Monarch that we have today. And the present day, quote unquote, present day uh, of 2015 is just the kids looking for their dad, Hiroshi. And maybe we'll probably get a one Godzilla fight. So like, and maybe we'll get an after credit scene of 
Legendary's version of Middle Earth with Keiko Alive in that season too. So I hope I'm wrong because you guys have amazing theories. I, I want to watch your show. Like that sounds amazing. Uh, so I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Um, I did have a question re- real quick of, so Godzilla has always woken up whenever there's been a threat to his kingdom. Like he has to reassert that he's the alpha. He did it with the Mutos. He woke up when the Mutos did. He does this. I know we can't talk about the other movies just yet because of the timeline. Um, and But like Shaw and Mademoiselle say they're going to go help Godzilla. To do what? I think he's looking for another nap place. Like he didn't wake up on his own. Hiroshi woke him up. You know that Shaw. And is like... Hiroshi woke him up because of the signals in the desert that Barnes had found. Like, why are the humans micromanaging this? Because that monster didn't wake up Godzilla. Humans did. So I'm a little confused on why they felt the need to wake him up. Like, do they not trust Godzilla to wake up if there's a threat? So just if you have any idea, I welcome that. Cause I think maybe I missed something. Thanks guys. I, I think that is the question to be totally honest with you. I, I don't really have an answer to it. You know, hmm. Lee does say like, if you come with me, I'll explain everything, you know, as to like what he, what he means when he says I'm here to help him. But then we don't get that explanation because they don't go with him. Yeah. So yeah, they allu- <sighs> he alluded to more of a catastrophic event than G day, meaning more Titans like a thousand times G day. Correct. So that's yeah. the whole point. And he, his feeling is more Titans are going to be coming up. That is why Hiroshi is searching for all these points where Titan events were coming. And then I think that's why Hiroshi was trying to wake up Godzilla at one point. And maybe that's just it. Maybe like this hole that we saw in Alaska, which is a passageway into the, into middle and into, into hollow earth. You know, maybe there's more of these opening, and for some reason, Godzilla is the one that can close them. Yeah, the fissures um, in Earth. Like, it yeah. would be like a fissure in, let's say, the Marvel Cinematic Universe between alternate uh, universes. Everybody, well, for you I mean, comic and, fans. And think about it, too. At the time we're seeing Godzilla now, he is sleeping basically on the surface of the Earth. He's just kind of burrowed in a little bit. But the next time we see Godzilla in the timeline, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, he is deep underground. Oh, yeah. He's in that lost city that's like that's way underground that they that's like, I think, believe like close to the core of the Earth. Yeah. Sarazawa has to wake him up. It pretty much looks like Atlantis. And they have to wake him up with a nuclear bomb. But that also begs the question, and something that Sam kind of mentioned too, is maybe we're going to get some kind of Godzilla fight, is we're seeing Godzilla sleeping because of the battle that he had with the Mutos in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Why is he sleeping when he's underground during Godzilla King of the Monsters? What battle is he resting from? Have we seen it yet? Probably not. And that's Probably not. Are we going to get it at the end of Monarch? Who knows? Who knows? You know, there might have been some kind of huge event that happens with Godzilla. Um, you know, and it is the reason why Monarch is a public entity in Godzilla King of the Monsters. Monarch had to go public because these Titans are public now. I mean, they're Titans. They they were already public with Godzilla, but Yeah. Um, cuz I think in I think at this point, 
Titans, the monarch knows about Titans, but as far as the public is concerned, Godzilla is the Titan. Yeah. They don't know about any other Titans yet. They know the Mutos. They know the Mutos and they know Godzilla. Those are the only two threats that they've witnessed and the Mutos are gone. All they know they're is the Godzilla. Only, they're the only two threats that the public knows. Correct. But I believe in Godzilla King of the Monsters, Titans are more Titans are known. Correct. It, not only to Monarch, but to the public. Yes. Um. So there has to be something that happens between Monarch 2015 and Godzilla King of the Monsters, which was 2019, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's got to be something that happens on the timeline that makes Titans more known to the world. And I think that's probably what Mon I think that's what this show is maybe building towards towards the end of this season. Whatever this catastrophic event that Lee is talking about, mm -hmm. that might be the event that makes Titans known to the world. Correct. And and keep Titans in, other than Godzilla. And then keep in mind too, uh we're getting Godzilla X Kong which takes after Godzilla versus Kong, everybody. Yes. So this yes. is not a prequel or anything. This takes place long after Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So that's uh, it's not anything in association with Monarch yet. So they and might do an event for Apple TV, hopefully. I don't know. Because if, well, because if you think about it, too, the Titan that we see in Godzilla, Godzilla X Kong mm -hmm. is another primate. It's an orangutan. Who, who comes from the Hollow Earth. Yep. So... You know, who who knows what's going to happen with that? Are they going to seal off Hollow Earth at the end of that so that Titans can't come up to the surface anymore? I don't know. We're getting way ahead. Way, way uh, ahead. But I, <laughs> but I will say, Sam, um, if what you said is true in that our theories, nothing comes out of it and they don't do anything with them, uh, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> oh, yeah. I will be too as well. Jeez. But I'm happy that you're excited about our theories because we're having fun coming up with them. So, mm -hmm. um, hey, if we're more creative than the writers of the show. But I get I, I get also what she said as well about how the pacing kind of seems off and a lot of this seems filler. Um, and I don't really think that comes to. It is not completely the fault of the writers on that. I think a lot of that comes from. Apple TV saying we want 10 episodes. So the writers have to pretty much be okay. We've got to come up with 10 episodes. This is what Apple ordered. We've got to stretch this to 10. You know, yeah, if the writers had, if the writers had to say, they probably could have fit it in six. I, that's what I was thinking too. They could have easily just eliminated a lot. We already talked about how episode four could have not have happened at all. And then could they have could been, have extended three, three and then yep. five and just narrowed it down. They could have easily done that even with this possibly with uh, a, the next two episodes. Who knows? Yeah. So it's, you know, there's, there's absolutely stuff that could have been trimmed out of this episode to trim it down. But again, I don't put that on the fault of the writers. I put that on the, it's really the, the request and the need from Apple to fulfill 10 episodes. Correct. And then the writers pretty much had to be like, okay, we've got to stretch this. Yeah. 
Um, some of the stretching works and some of it doesn't. <laughs> and, and it happens in a lot episodes. of shows on even in Netflix too. If you look at some of the Netflix shows too, and those are dropped at one time and you could watch it at one hole, but you don't see those holes or plots unless you're watching it episodically per week or every three days, let's say. I've done well, that it, with a couple of shows before and I'm like, ah, we could have done away with that one. You know, it doesn't just happen with like, yeah, you're right. It doesn't just happen with this show or anything. Like even the star Wars shows, there is a prime example is Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah. Obi-Wan was a, Obi-Wan was a great series. It was six episodes and it was a great series, mm-hmm. but there is a version of it online. Cause I have it where somebody actually took all six of them episodes of, of those episodes and trimmed it down to a two and a half hour long movie. <laughs> and it works. It is an, a great movie. Awesome. Um, but again, that just goes to show you that the writers have to fulfill the request of the production companies. Mm-hmm. There's going to be filler in there because of that. It's not always the writer's fault. Yeah. Uh, another example would be like Upload on Amazon Prime. I love that show. I love that show too, but there are certain I have friends on that show. I know you do, (laughs) but I just, the, the fact is like, I watched it episodically and I realized that certain, I was like, ah, yeah, they could have done away with this. They could have done away with that. And yeah, they could have turned it down, but I understand how Hollywood is and how they have to fulfill the need for how many episodes that they have. If you look at it, you mentioned it once before. It was like twenty-two to twenty-five episodes a year for regular cinema, uh, uh, syndicated TV. At one point, now certain shows are at like sixteen episodes per season, or even ten, depending uh, because of streaming content. Yeah, I mean, you know, just a prime example. I'm I'm in the midst of a CSI rewatch right now, which is fifteen seasons, and. I'm in season 10 at the moment and you know, the season premiere and it's 24 episodes. It's 24 episodes every season Yeah, and season, you know, the season premiere sets up what probably the overarching story of the season is going to be. But you know, as you progress through those 24 episodes, maybe five or six of those episodes touch on that story. Yeah. Everything else is just the case of the week. Yeah. Kind of filler kind of episode to be like oh and then following week we're back to our regularly scheduled programming of uh the story itself that is main for this particular season like four or five episodes later this case is related to this serial killer that we're that we're chasing yeah (laughs) and then we go another two or three episodes with cases that have nothing to do with the overarching story and then by the time we get to the end of the season in the finale that's when they finally catch the serial killer it's I mean, with CSI, it's, I I don't mind it because the case of the weeks are always fun and intriguing, but it doesn't work with every show. Yeah, I know. So, so we get the concern, Sam, and 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 we get it, and we feel it too. The pacing is off sometimes, um, but again, it's not the fault. It's not completely the fault of the writers. It's sometimes it's the writers trying to fulfill the demand of the production company, and you know mm-hmm. that is what it is. But thank you for the feedback as you've been leaving for us every week. We, yep. we really appreciate it. Uh, and we encourage everybody listening to do that, whether you want to rebut our science from earlier in the episode <laughs> um, 
or talk about our theories or whatever it is. Just give your overall thoughts on the episode. Easiest way to do that is if you're following Wilhelm on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Wilhelm podcast or podcastica on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcastica. Uh, we always put up feedback posts on both sites every week, uh, the day the episode airs. So every Friday we put those up. You can always find those and leave comments on those or you can just email us directly as Sam does and Steve does um, and leave us an email or a voicemail. And you can send that to feedback at wilhelmpodcast.com. Uh, let's get in. Oh, and I will say, too, because of the next two weeks being holidays, because we, we record these on Sundays and then release on Monday. Um, Sunday and Monday of the next two weeks are Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. We're going to be a little tighter on feedback. Uh, so feedback is going to be due in by Saturday night instead of Sunday. So we're going to do a quick turnaround on feedback for the next two weeks because of the holidays. Episodes are still going to release on Monday, so Christmas Day and New Year's Day. Um, but so that we can spend time with our families, we're going to record not on Christmas Eve and, and New Year's Eve. So we're going to try and get the feedback in a little bit quicker. So yeah. all we're asking is if you are going to leave the feedback a little bit quicker of a turnaround, try and get it into us a little bit quicker over the next two weeks, if you can. So, sorry. Yep. Uh, plugs, so we can get out of here. Mark, what do you got going on? Where can people find all your other content? Well, before I go into plugging, uh, I just want to acknowledge that we did lose a, a great person this week. Uh, he is part of the Godzilla series, and that would be Kempichiro Setsuma. And he passed away. He was a suit actor who played through the Heisei series, which ran from 1985, well, technically 1984 to 1995. So he uh, he is long past. Our second Godzilla man in suit from Toho has passed away. So uh, we have to thank Mr. Uh, Satsuma for his work and what he had done and uh if you guys want to remember him in any way, oh, just go to Pluto TV and just watch everything on the Godzilla channel and just give it a watch because a lot of the stuff that came out between 85 and 95, far better than the 60s and 50s, in my opinion. But uh, you got better uh, creatures, in my opinion. But he was he was also involved in the 60s. He played okay. Chichagua. Okay, so... I was I was wondering if you were going to bring that up because I did see you post about that on social media. So I'm I'm glad you brought that up and acknowledge his work with yeah. Godzilla. Uh, but secondly, there's a Godzilla channel on Pluto TV. Yes. Oh, oh, I didn't know about this, and it's getting added to my favorites as soon as we're done. Do it. Yep. You could, it's nonstop Godzilla movies on Pluto TV. It's a it's a Godzilla channel dedicated to it. So if you have Pluto TV on your Roku or your Apple TV Plus or even through your Samsung TVs that are out there, or even LGs with their streaming channels, they do provide those. But uh, Pluto TV is an app that you can get for those too, on and, uh, those devices. And and for people listening, it's free. There's no subscription. Correct. I mean, you can sign up so that like you can favorite channels and 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 like organize your channels, but it is no cost. Pluto TV is completely free. It's mm -hmm. um, commercial. That there's the oh well that's how they pay that's how they they keep it yeah. free um you know there's so many great there's a mystery science theater 3000 channel on pluto tv yep there is a gordon ramsay channel on pluto tv that plays like hell's kitchen and like master chef and stuff because that's one of my favorite channels on there um the godzilla channel though 
twenty four seven Godzilla movies. Do they pay the Matthew Broderick Godzilla? <laughs> they have actually. <laughs> okay, that's all I needed to have at one point. But you have to realize this is heavy rotation of over eighty films. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying it's played often. I was just curious if it's in the rotation. Oh, they they did put it in the rotation from what I saw, and they also okay. had uh, legendary films as well because it, it's oh. strictly Godzilla films. So for you guys that are out there. Uh, that are listening, like I said, Pluto TV, go to the Godzilla channel, search for it, add it to your favorites. Like uh, Ben is going, uh, a, major- a lot of it, I would say hundred, almost 100% of the Toho stuff is going to be subtitled. It's not going to be dubbed. That, you know what? I'm fine with that. I know you're well, fine with that, but I have to make that. That's how the that- original Godzilla should be. Yes, yes. I... Can- I I know that, and I was told that at my first G Fest back in 1993. <laughs> and, and I know this will be lost on listeners, but just to show, just so no, Mark knows, I'm serious. Uh, in my notes, I put real big Pluto TV Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> so but, I remember to add that channel when we're done. So, but onto onto your plugs now. Onto my plugs. All right, as always, you can find me on Panels the Pixels podcast. All you have to do is go to facebook.com forward slash panels to pixels. Same thing with Adrenaline Cinema Podcast. Adren- uh, facebook.com forward slash Adrenaline Cinema Podcast. Uh, currently, right now, uh, in the next week, I would say just before Christmas, we're going to do The Losers, which was that's adapted. A f- that's, a f- that's a fun movie. So uh, it's, uh, it's a movie that was uh, adapted from a comic book run that ran for 25 issues. Since it's an action-packed movie, I'm doing it not just for panels, but I'm also doing it for adrenaline. So it's going to be the same podcast for both both podcasts. Yeah. So uh, uh, we're going to be covering that. So uh, for you guys who don't know about the movie, I believe it came out in the or like 2014, maybe 2010s. I'm not sure exactly. I can't remember. 2010. 2010. All right. And then uh, has Zoe Saldana in it. It's got Chris Evans in it. Got Jeffrey Dean Morgan in it. So it's got a decent. Elba? Idris Elba. Yeah. Yeah. So you got a decent cast in it. Uh, It's uh, interesting. It didn't do well at the box office, but I enjoyed it. And then Rob is going to be on with me. So we're going to be covering that. So it's a uh, fun movie. Uh, it's a fun movie. And you could also yeah. hear me on fantasy picks movie edition as well with Rob and Adam and Frank. Okay, cool. Um, so on my end of things, obviously Wilhelm podcast, which is uh, my Wilhelm podcast, which is what you're hearing this on now as part of the crossover with podcastica Wilhelmpodcast.com. I'm going to be doing a year end feedback special, uh, which is coming up next week. Actually, that's going to be dropping on Christmas day as well. So you're going to have two episodes from Wilhelm dropping on the same day, Monarch and my year end special. Um, and that is going to be. Uh, basically feedback. I want people to submit feedback to me telling me about your Christmas traditions when it comes to movies and television. So what movies do you make sure you watch every year? What uh, do you movies do you avoid? Is there particular times that you watch movies as part of a tradition? You know, your favorite Christmas movies, your favorite television episodes of Christmas specials, you know, whatever it may be, I want to hear about it. So send me an email feedback at wilhelmpodcast.com or voicemail. Let me know because every piece of feedback I get for that, that is what's filling the episode. It's going to be just me (laughs) 
reading this feedback and listening to this feedback. I'm going to do it on the podcast. So everything's going to be on there. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about my traditions too, as we go along. Uh, so it's going to be like a nice little Christmas themed episode for the end of the year. Um, in addition to that, I do the revisited podcast, which is a spinoff of Wilhelm in which me and my friend Kristen are currently covering Ted Lasso. We just entered into season two of Ted Lasso. We're having a blast with that. Um, and the only other thing I want to make sure to mention is obviously because this is a crossover with Podcastica, I got to make sure to send you guys over to podcastica.com. Check out all the great stuff that's over there, including a brand new podcast that just launched this week from our friend Randy called Welcome to the Apocalypse. It is a completely Impro improvised podcast <laughs> about surviving in a zombie apocalypse. Uh, the first episode dropped. It's about a half hour long. I highly encourage you to guys to go check it out because it's a ton of fun. And I'm excited because I'm going to be on uh, an episode at the end of the year that I don't think is going to air until next year. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it because it's basically telling a story, but it's completely improvised. You make it up as you go. So <laughs> I, I can't wait to be a part of it. I can't wait to, to, to join this gang uh, for an episode and just see what happens. So welcome <laughs> to the apocalypse on podcastica.com. Go and check that one out as well as all the other podcasts that are there. Awesome. Any final notes before we, we, we bid each other adieu and head out. Nope. Nothing else. Okay. Uh, so yeah. So next episode, Monarch season one, episode seven, will the real may please stand up. We're in the back half of the season. And uh, we'll see where it goes. We'll see where our theories happen and, and not. But um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for subscribing, whether it's to how, whether it's to Podcastica or to Wilhelm. We appreciate you on both ends. Uh, go and check out the other. If you're on Wilhelm, check out Podcastica. If you're on Podcastica, check out Wilhelm. Uh, share the love. That's why we do these cross promotions. But until next time, we'll see you guys on another episode. Take care. Bye-bye.